Hey there, this is Meg. I'm your host, and you are listening to Mental Status, a podcast about burnout for people in the mental health profession. Quick disclaimer, because you know that stuff is important these days. Uh, Mental Status is a podcast about burnout in the mental health field. It's for entertainment and educational purposes only. This is not therapy, and this is not clinical supervision. There are no CEUs associated with this podcast. Enjoy it and share it as you will. And if you're in a space where you're needing deeper support, please seek out therapy or supervision for yourself from somebody who is qualified to provide those services for you. Quick announcement for my listeners. Um, I want to let all of you know that I will be taking a brief summer break from producing episodes for this podcast. Um, I will be taking time off in July and for the first half of August, and we will be having uh, new episodes dropping mid-August, probably August 15th, something like that. Um, Just wanted to let you all know that I will be gone for about a month. Uh, I'm taking a vacation, going out to Panama to visit with family. It's going to be great. Uh, And so, of course, I will not be recording episodes or editing them while I am out of town. Um, But of course, there is a whole backlog of episodes for you to listen to. I will still be, um, I'll be scheduling posts to go out on my Instagram page, which is the anti-work therapist, as well as on the Substack, which I've been writing in for a little while now. So if you're still wanting some content uh, and you're not you know, obviously going to be getting some of these podcast episodes for a little bit. Um, Just keep an eye out. Uh, If you want to find more of my writing, you can find it at antiworktherapist.substack. That's S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K dot com. Antiworktherapist.substack.com. I'm writing a bunch of stuff there. I've also got a specialty uh, newsletter section for graduate students and new therapists. Um, and that one is $7 a month with a lot of helpful practical advice and some anti-work ramblings from me, specific to graduate students and new therapists. So check it out. Um, I hope your summer is going well or as well as it can be uh, given the current state of the world. And I will be back with you all in August. Um, However, I do wanna add a small caveat, caveat, caveat to that. Um, I will be dropping an episode uh, scheduled out on July 19th, and that's going to be a special episode. It is the one-year anniversary episode for this podcast. So I will be um, recording that before I go on vacation. It's going to go out on the 19th of July, which marks the uh, exact year date from the first episode going live um, and what a year it has been. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, let's get back into it and get on with the show. Okay, welcome everybody to this episode of Mental Status. Um, my name is Meg, I'm your host, all that good stuff. Um, today's episode is a little different. It's just me, there's no guest. Um, because what I wanted to do today is celebrate. It's a party. <laughs> um, today marks the um, the one year anniversary of this show starting um, July nineteenth, twenty twenty one. I released the first episode of Mental Status, and it has been 
such a wild ride. Like it's been really cool, really um, a big learning experience for me. There's been a lot of fun stuff that has happened. A lot of really, um, quite honestly, like life-changing stuff that's happened. It's been really invigorating to have this project and to have had it for a year and to feel like it's something that I, um, I can feel proud of and can feel very grateful for. And that has contributed, I think, to a lot of my own personal growth. And I'm hoping, you know, some growth for the people who listen to the show. Um, if you're newer to this show or you've just sort of learned about me or my work, uh, the main, the main uh, point to this whole show is to highlight the, the burnout stories of people who work in the mental health field. Um, it was something that in my earlier career experiences working in mental health, I didn't hear people talking about it a lot. Like burnout was something that was mentioned probably more in passing uh, and more of a a topic that was approached when you know a clinician was reaching burnout or concerned about it and it was a way to basically you know address something that could potentially get in the way of them working more or staying productive um and being able to like be there for clients basically and that's a lot of the way that i've heard burnout framed is a it's an, a workplace problem an organizational problem uh, it's a productivity problem. It's something that gets in the way of us being able to show up and be productive and continue generating income and wealth and all that kind of stuff. Um, and in other ways too, you know, in terms of our work with clients, burnout being a potential um, risk, right? Like if we are coming to our sessions from a state of burnout or approaching a state of burnout, there is a risk to ourselves and to the client that, you know, at best, the sessions are just not going to be super helpful, not really effective. Like the client may not get a lot out of the session from a therapist who is actively burnt out all the way to the other end of the spectrum where, you know, if a client is in a session with a therapist who's burnt out, that therapist's ability to make sound clinical judgment may be compromised. Um, which is, it's true. You know, I don't want to discount that aspect of things that being burned out as a healthcare worker in general does um, put us at greater risk of not being able to make sound clinical judgments when we're working with people. What I wasn't hearing a lot in my earlier years was um, really like effective conversations around what can actually be done <clears throat> to support clinicians who are burnt out and to support the direct direct care providers uh, right now on the, the front lines of the mental health crisis, at least in the United States and I'm sure across the world, there's a lot of uh, concern, obviously, right? Like there are a lot of folks who are in need of good, solid mental health care. Uh, a lot of communities that really need access to help. And there are a lot of clinicians who are really burned out, um, who have not been given appropriate uh, resources, who have not been paid well, 
who have been stretched thin <clears throat> because, you know, maybe they work for an agency where, you know, especially as COVID was sweeping the world, uh, clinicians would have to go home and not be able to work because they were ill or because they were taking care of somebody who was ill. And the the caseload, I'll call it a burden, um, not that clients are burden, but the the actual work required <clears throat> to help support those clinicians who had to be out, those caseloads were then shifted around to other clinicians who were still on the job. Uh, so it might be a situation like that. It might be a situation where, you know, an agency or, or an organization sees a lot of turnover and they are not um, quick to replace the, the clinicians who have left. Uh, spots are not getting filled. And so the people who remain, again, see their caseloads ticking upwards, and they're not really given a lot of time to recuperate between providing care to clients. On top of the fact that like <laughs> we're living in this world right now where with so much going on, so much going on politically and socially and culturally and with the climate change actively happening and everything else that is going on in this world, it has become harder and harder for clinicians to just sit back and take that sort of neutral blank slate approach to therapy because what's happening around us affects all of us. We're, we're all impacted in some way or another by the events that are occurring in this world today. Clinicians are not excluded from that. And what I've seen a lot of the time, and as I've talked to people on the show, is we somehow feel like we can't have our feelings about those things or that it's not professional to um, to in any way sort of reveal our, our belief systems or the values that we are working off of in our practice. Um, and that is creating a lot of mental and emotional strain for clinicians who you know, a lot of us are working with populations who are severely impacted by what's happening around us, whether that is in a material way, um, whether that is in a very severe emotional way. Uh, many, if not most of us are working directly with clients whose lives are directly impacted by what is going on. And, you know, working in those types of environments, it not only leads to burnout, which is just so prevalent among the entire healthcare workforce, not just mental health, but in all sectors of healthcare, this is becoming a huge issue. Um, you know, but it expands out to compassion fatigue and vicarious trauma. And these things can have a huge impact on how clinicians show up and the, the ability that they have to take care of themselves and take care of their clients and their families and just be human in this world. It affects their ability to be human and not feel like they need to put on some, some veil of professionalism all of the time, whether they're at work or not. So <laughs> this, this show, um, it started primarily because I personally 
was dealing with burnout um, at the time that I started the show in July of 2021. I had been working for about, oh goodness, six or seven months with a group practice where although I was getting really fantastic experience and a really good feeling for what it could be like to work in, in a more private practice type of setting, um, I was absolutely financially stretched to my limit. Um, I was not being paid a rate that I felt was commensurate with, you know, the, the level of work that I was doing and really with the financial needs that I had as a person, as a partner and a stepmother, um, I was just not able to make ends meet in a way that felt sustainable. It was really stressful for me. And it really, after having left a, a position previously, right before coming into this group practice, I left a, a position that I'd been in for three months, a grand total of three months. And in that three months had found myself even more burned out <laughs> even more stressed, even more uh, desperate, and sometimes even feeling hopeless for my career. Um, although I'd found myself in a better position, I was still completely overwhelmed. And so the first episode uh, that I recorded and released on July 19th, it was me sitting in my closet in my bedroom, um, sitting on a pillow, with my computer propped up on a chair and this little uh, blue snowball microphone that I have in front of me right now plugged in. And I just kind of started talking. Um, I talked about my story, why I was starting the show, why I felt it was important to talk about these things. Um, I knew that right there in that moment, I was talking to basically nobody, um, right then and there, right? Like it was me alone in the closet and I didn't have an audience yet. I barely had any type of social media presence. I wasn't quite sure exactly how it was going to go, but I knew that it felt good. It felt good just to talk to myself about my own story into a microphone, knowing that I could share what I'd been through. Um, and since then, I think I've, I'm looking at the numbers right now. Since then, I've released 40 other episodes, the majority of which have been done with like a whole bunch of really amazing guests who have volunteered their time uh, and their, their energy and their expertise to come and talk on the show. Um, many of them talking about their own experiences with burnout, um, many of them talking about how they recovered from burnout and the things that they had to do for themselves and the steps that they had to take to recover from burnout, whether that was really scaling back their practice or leaving a job or leaving the field, um, you know, getting involved in other types of work that is kind of like therapy adjacent, like coaching other therapists in, in their business practices. Um, there's been just like a ton of super cool people that I've been able to connect with over the past year in producing this show. Um, and I'm endlessly grateful for that, right? Like, I think that there's a lot of a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of things that I've gained, a lot of knowledge, a lot of 
you know, self-validation, but also sharing in stories, feeling heard, and in those conversations, being able to witness other people who have had really difficult experiences with burnout, and just having that space to talk about it. And, you know, in addition to that, on, on top of having people to talk to on the show itself, connecting with people outside of the show, uh, connecting with people on social media, talking with people through Instagram and through email. And for a while I had um, my own little like membership space platform where there were some really good conversations that happened. And more recently, you know, starting a newsletter for, um, for this new, <laughs> this new ish, uh, social media page that I have. I'm sure if you've been around for a little bit, you know about it, the anti-work therapist, um, and connecting with people who quite honestly, like a lot of people who have told me that they've been carrying the same feelings and the same thoughts and the same struggles and fears and everything associated with talking about burnout and talking about trying to make it in this world of therapy, but feeling very alone, um, feeling like they couldn't talk about burnout because it was taboo, or they couldn't advocate for themselves because they would be seen as weak or whatever the case may be. And connecting with people who have just, they get it. <laughs> they get it. We're on, we're on the same page, you know, and it's been so invigorating to find other people in all corners of the, the interwebs, so to speak, um, who connect with that message of we we no longer want to operate in this type of system where people who are doing the really intensive um, community-facing, client-facing work, the people who are there to do a lot of that supporting and processing and applying interventions to help people better manage the stressors in their life or their mental health conditions. Like we don't want to be part of a system where we are overworked, underpaid, undervalued, told that we're greedy. If we want to make a living that is supportive of our lives, told that we should just be happy to be helping people. And that's the best payment possible. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the fact, I love the fact that I have a career that puts me in a position of being face-to-face -face with my fellow human beings, where I can be helpful, where I can talk them through what's going on and, and have that be the line of work that I'm in. And if we're looking at it, you know, through a realistic lens, I need to pay my bills. <laughs> like I, you and I both, we both need to pay our bills, buy groceries, support our families. You know, we probably want to be able to afford some leisure activities, like going to the gym, taking vacations, having time off to spend with our families, being able to live lives that we would dream of for our clients, right? Like every single client that I work with, I want them to have that life. And through this process, I've started to learn that it's okay for me to want that for myself too. Not only is it okay, but 
I have a great opportunity to be able to demonstrate to the people that I work with and the people that I talk to that it's possible. It is possible to do good work in this world and be a helper and also live well. Um, And that's been a really big shift that's happened for me over this past year. And one that's really important to me, it's a really important cause to me. I have really sort of gone down this path of supporting my fellow therapists, mental health workers and healthcare workers, because we are so often led to believe that it is wrong for us to deeply desire a life that is actually supportive of our well-being, that we are deserving of boundaries that that let us live the life that we want and need to live, that we should feel guilty for that, that we should feel selfish, wrong, uh, whatever, whatever you want to call it. We've been led to believe that it's not okay for us to pursue the both and both helping people and being in healthcare and providing a needed service and living well. That's a little scooter on the street. I don't know if y'all can hear that in the recording, but I uh, (laughs) I live on a busy street. So I've, I've been really trying to embrace the both and both that I can be helpful and a healthcare worker providing a needed service and I don't have to sacrifice myself or my well-being, my mental health, my physical health, my spiritual, social, or financial health for that cause. And I will never, I will never be led to believe that any of my clients have to sacrifice in that way, that the people that I work with should just, you know, uh, have a stiff upper lip about it and just kind of do what they got to do, sacrifice themselves and their own well-being uh, just to keep these like quite honestly shitty systems that we have in place in place. Um, so this this celebration of this podcast being around for a year, it's really a bigger celebration for, I mean, quite honestly, everybody who's listening right now. Um, It's a celebration for seeing more and more in different areas of the sort of therapist uh, social sphere and the online world and in talking with my colleagues and, you know, uh, even my clients, this idea that we also deserve goodness in our lives and that we don't have to just keep doing things the way that we've always been doing them because we've always been doing them that way. And that there are people out there, other therapists and people who are in adjacent fields who want to promote that same idea and really want to push this idea forward that nobody needs to suffer in this work. It's not actually a requirement. It's not actually something that you have to do to be a good therapist. You don't have to be in a position of scarcity in order to provide. And it also means that you can seek better for yourself. We can all seek better for ourselves and we can seek better for our clients and we can structure our businesses and our practices in a way 
that is supportive of all of that. We can get creative with it. It's not all one thing or the other. We can really build a mental health field that is genuinely equitable for all. So it's just been really nice to, to be in that space and to have had all of these conversations over the past year and to you know, be expanding this work on the anti-work therapist page and on the sub stack that I'm writing and to continue these conversations and to even consider for myself what my career needs to look like for it to be sustainable. So that's really all I wanted to say. Um, I'm endlessly grateful for everybody that I've spoken to on this show. Um, couldn't have done it without all of you. And I'm just so proud to be here. So when this episode is releasing on the 19th of July, 2022, um, I will probably be on the last day of my vacation. Um, I'm recording this on June 29th um, in advance because I am for the first time in two years, going to have more than five days off of work. Um, I'm going to be taking a rather extended vacation. Um, I'll have been out on vacation from July 5th until uh, the day that this is released, July 19th. Um, and I, I point that out um, as a way to, again, highlight this idea that as healthcare providers and mental health care providers, it is completely acceptable for us to take a full step back and away from the work that we do. Um, you know, in preparation for this vacation, I I talked to all my clients, I gave them at least at least a month's notice because I would be gone for longer than a week. Um, I brought it up a few times over a couple different sessions, you know, just as a reminder, I'll be out. Um, and I, you know, contacted some of my colleagues to ask them, would you be able and willing to uh, just be on standby if one of my folks needed to contact you to have a session? Uh, if something comes up for them while I'm out of the office and they just need somebody to talk to, would that be okay with you? Um, and I've got two folks who were open to doing that and who were supportive of that. And it's been kind of a, an equal exchange, right? Because some of them um, have gone on vacation as well and have listed me as a contact. And I've really done what I could uh, in working with my clients and connecting with my colleagues to make sure that um, I could take this type of vacation and that I could leave not just uh, work, but the whole country. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go visit my dad who lives in another country. Um, I made sure that I was proactive about, um, you know, talking with my clients about taking a break and talking with my colleagues about taking a break Um in order to make this work for me. And if I'm being quite honest, like I know that the quote unquote right way to do this is to like, 
you know, start saving up your money at the beginning of a calendar year, or just have a rolling savings that you build on to be able to take PTO. Uh, I started on mine kind of late. And so um, I am going into this vacation with a sense of just a, a little bit of anxiety because, you know, due to just quite honestly, me not being super prepared and not being super proactive, which is understandable because a lot of therapists, I think we, we struggle with uh, money anxiety in general and kind of knowing how to manage that for ourselves. Um, there is a little bit of anxiety about the financial implications, but I've had to, for myself in this particular situation, get to a point where I could say, it's really important for me to, you know, have this vacation and take the time off. Um, it's a vacation where I'm going to go visit my dad who, you know, he and his wife moved out of the country a couple of years ago after they retired. I haven't seen him in person since they moved. Um, so it's important for me to reconnect with my dad and to connect with my husband and my stepson who will be coming with me and to prioritize those things for myself and to get things set up in a way where, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be tending to my business every single day. Um, I may check my emails and check to see if people have reached out, you know, if somebody has reached out connecting them with the right resources, uh, if it's if it's an urgent need, or giving myself that opportunity to say, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to engage in my work right now. I am I'm with family. I'm I'm on vacation. I'm not in work mode. And it's it's an important aspect of this work, not just taking longer vacations. I know that for a lot of us, up and leaving for two weeks is either not possible or not really feasible. Even if we probably could swing it, we may not want to. Maybe that's not the solution for us that would actually help uh, in periods of burnout. Um, the, the bigger thing of what I'm trying to highlight here is being able to take notice of what what you need to do for yourself and what steps you need to take like actual literal steps that you need to take to get yourself to a place where you can feel well taken care of um for some of you that may be reinvesting in those types of daily routine uh tasks. I don't really want to call them tasks, but the daily routine items and things that you do that, you know, for a fact, bring you to a place of centeredness and, um, more well-being and a greater sense of peace, reinvesting in that time for yourself, um, and allowing that to be whatever it needs to be for you. For some of you, those changes might be bigger, right? Like maybe you are in a place now where you've done what you can, and you've taken control of the things that you can take control of. Um, for example, maybe you work at an agency and you have, to the best of your ability, you've done everything about your schedule and your caseload that you're able to do, and it's just still not working for you. Um, you know, giving yourself that space to 
make the, the, quite honestly, the difficult decision to leave if you have to, or to shift your role if that's available to you. Um, giving yourself that opportunity to consider that, you know, maybe, maybe where you are right now is not it for you. It's not the forever solution. It's not even the next year solution. Maybe you're in a place where you need to make bigger changes. Um, maybe you're in a spot where you need to raise your fees and, you know, cut down on a few of the clinical hours that you provide each week as people maybe shift off of your caseload or go from weekly to every other weekly, giving yourself that chance to not refill those spots rather than taking on a bunch of new clients, um, you know, shifting your fee policy to reflect maybe a, a very slight increase, right? But something that will help you maintain that same level of income without needing to see additional people. Maybe it looks like a three-day weekend every weekend or a four-day weekend every weekend and giving yourself more time off of work each week than on. Maybe it's a vacation. Maybe you're maybe you're going to follow suit, or maybe you already have something planned where you have something extended, uh, two, three, four weeks where you are gone from work. You're not doing clinical work. You're not doing notes. <laughs> Thank God, no notes. Um, you know, you're not knee deep in in therapy for an extended amount of time. And maybe that is maybe that is the thing for you that is going to help. Maybe it's a combination of all of those things and more. Um, but really, like more than just having it be a specific thing or a specific action, um, my hope is that you're able to understand and really internalize this feeling of when it comes to your career, when it comes to the ways that you earn money and the ways that you interact with this field, even when, or even if you're in a position of, you know, being pre-licensed or under supervision or at an agency or a nonprofit or in private practice, that there are still choices available to you. There are choices that you can make and you can consider the impact of those choices. And you can look at them and say, am I willing to, am I willing and able to withstand some of the discomfort that may come up? as a result of these changes? Am I willing and able to confront my feelings of guilt for, you know, cutting a day off of my schedule? If in exchange, what I get is a more well-balanced life where I'm able to be more energized when I show up for clients and be in a better place mentally and emotionally for the people that I'm working with. Am I willing and able to confront my feelings of uh, potentially disappointing people if I leave a job or if I um, close down my practice or if I shift my practice or if I decide that what I really love to do is research instead of clinical work or public speaking instead of um, supervising or supervising instead of just being a one-on-one -on -one therapist? Can I, can I give myself the space and can I be willing to 
to withstand some of that discomfort if what I'm going for is ultimately going to be better for me. Um, so, you know, all of this to say, I, I hope that you are able to make those changes. Um, I'm certainly glad. I'm glad for myself that I finally gave myself the chance to fully, mostly, <laughs> mostly, but almost fully disconnect for two weeks. Um, I'm sure I'll be every couple of days, just taking a quick glance at the email, but, you know, being, being good about setting that aside and just being present with myself and my family and present as I'm snorkeling or chilling on a boat or whatever the case may be. And I really genuinely hope that uh, each of you listening can do something similar for yourselves, whatever, whatever form it takes that you can, you can prioritize you and making the types of changes that you need to make to have the life that is supportive of, of your happiness and your well-being. So yeah, um, this, <laughs> this whole past year has been very eye-opening. A lot of a lot of cool stuff has happened for me. It has not been without some struggle and some honestly, some moments of feeling burnt out or just moving in the direction of burnout. Uh, I feel like I've gotten better at recognizing it for myself and taking action when it's starting to happen. Um, but I mean, in, in the past year, I have, I've left that group practice. I started my own 100% um, telehealth private practice, uh, which is has been hovering at or just below full for six months now. Um, a practice where I specialize in working with folks who are burned out and folks who are experiencing vicarious trauma and compassion fatigue. I um, started that anti-work therapist page, which has evolved over time. And, you know, I now have an avenue to expand on things through the written word, which has been really fun. Um, I've got a newsletter that I've been producing and it's just been honestly pretty cathartic for me to write in there and to share my ideas that way. Um, and the response honestly has been really heartening, right? Like there's been a lot of people who've been very open to and excited about the stuff that I've been sharing. Um, of course, you know, I don't need all of the validation in the world, but a little bit is nice and it's, it's good. It's good for me. And it's helpful for me to see other people connecting with the work and taking it and doing, doing their own work with it and doing their own processing and sort of relearning how they can interact with the field of mental health in a way that's more helpful for everybody involved. Um, so, yeah. I, I just, I wanted to take this episode again to say thank you to all of my listeners and all of the guests and everybody who supported me and everybody who has shown up and provided their feedback and their words of encouragement and their suggestions for content to talk about. Um, it means a whole lot to me, honestly, and I'm so glad that each of you have been here with me along this way. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to 
what comes next. Um, as far as the very immediate future, um, I mentioned on the last episode that I released on June 28th that I'll be taking just a kind of a summer break. Obviously, I'm on vacation for half of July, um, but I'll be taking a, a mini break from recording interviews and um, producing new episodes until about mid-August, uh, at which point I'll have a couple of episodes coming out. Um, I've got Jacqueline Hurst and Rachel Elder and a few other folks that I've been chatting with. Um, so those will resume again mid-August, uh, at which point we'll, we'll kind of keep on keeping on and see how the show evolves from there. Yeah, that's what I got. Um, thanks, everybody. And I hope that your summer is going well, all things considered. I hope that you're using whatever energy you have to take care of yourselves and the people around you and to enjoy uh, what sunshine comes your way. Or, of course, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, I hope your winter is going well as well. Um, if it snows where you live, I hope you're enjoying all the sparkly, fun uh, winter wonderland uh, that's surely happening for you now. Um, and yeah, I will talk to you all soon. Bye. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I hope that whoever or wherever you are, you can start having more conversations in your circles of support about better ways to support ourselves and to support each other through burnout. If you like today's show, please make sure to head over to wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you left a rating and a review on there to help get the word out. Thanks so much, y'all. Until next time, take care of yourselves, and I will see you again soon.